Slate Plus members, it's survey time again, which means it's your chance to tell us what you think about Slate Plus and Slate in general. It'll only take a few minutes and you can find it at slate.com slash survey. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Julia Tertian, author of the critically acclaimed cookbooks Now and Again, Feed the Resistance, and Small Victories. Her new cookbook was just released this month, and it's titled Simply Julia. She's also the host of the podcast Keep Calm and Cook On. And now here's our first letter. I think it, we should move on to the next one, which is slightly lighter territory, which is nice. Uh, yes. It's your turn to read. Um, I am ready. Okay, the subject line of this letter is Home Improvements Damaging Our Friendship. Dear Prudence, back in October, my good friends Jane, Ellen, and I had a Zoom happy hour in which Jane told us that she had something to say to us, and it might sound bitchy, written with an asterisk, I will add. (laughs) She asked us to stop asking her boyfriend James for help with our home projects. James is extremely handy and can do woodwork, carpentry, electrical work, etc., Ellen and I were both pretty offended as we felt we had each only asked James for help once recently, but Jane explained that everyone is always asking him for help and it's hard for him to say no and consequently he doesn't do his work around their house. Note, James and Jane are not married. Jane owns the house, but James lives there and pays her rent. They have been dating for about 10 years. Ellen hasn't spoken to Jane since that night, as she is much closer to James than I am, and resented Jane's request. I continued to hang out with Jane, socially distanced, mostly hikes, until two weeks ago when my furnace broke. I still honored Jane's request, I thought, but I called James in tears, telling him the home warranty company and my assigned contractor were most likely scamming me and I did not know what to do. We spoke on the phone, and he gave me the name of his buddy who could put in my furnace. I honestly didn't think I did anything wrong until Jane contacted me the next day asking why I ignored her request and clearly didn't care about her. I said I didn't think a phone conversation constituted asking for help, but she said that it derailed him for the rest of the day and he was distracted, although it didn't end up being a, quote, big deal. I was shocked at her reaction, honestly hurt that I wasn't even allowed to call James when I was in a crisis. She and James are in counseling. They've had many problems over the years, and I truly think she's frustrated because she cannot control him. James has been laid off from his union job since before Christmas and often advertises about his woodworking projects on Facebook, so I think he's making his own conscious decisions not to help her around the house. Jane is the my way or the highway type of person, so unless I approach her apologetically, this could end up lasting a very long time. We have been friends for 21 years. What do you suggest I do? I certainly agree that Jane has been bringing a lot of energy to this, but I don't think she's the only my way or the highway person in this situation. Like, I I read this letter and I thought, like, you are putting yourself through so much additional, like, stress and trauma when you could just 
look up a handyman in the yellow pages and not have to do all of this. Like there's such an easy out here, which is just what a fucking mess is this relationship and the question of what kind of work he is and isn't available to do. Why don't you just call a damn handyman? Yeah, I, yeah, I found so much about this to be problematic. And there were so many like added um, details about Jane and James's relationship. And I don't know, I think how it ended with saying, you know, she's the my way or the highway type of person. And so unless I approach her apologetically, this could end up lasting a very long time. I feel like that's maybe all you need to know about this friendship. Like maybe this is, you know, if you're having to walk on these, you know, eggshells that maybe you have put there yourself. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know that this is a friendship worth continuing to invest in. To me, I I feel like it's been a, a rough year for everybody. Tempers are often wearing thin. and you know, this is a friendship of, of 21 years. So I feel like my my advice here would be let this one go. And once things have settled down a little bit, if you want to have a different, bigger picture conversation with Jane about how you two bring up problems with one another, how you two resolve conflict, you know, do that not when this is kind of feeling like the final straw rather than everything sucks, this friendship sucks, let's get rid of it. You can always do that later. You know, like you always have the option of deciding this friendship is not worth it, but don't don't go to that first here. Like, yeah. You know, I, I it's also a little weird because it seems like it seems like you've known James for a decade. I, I, you know, you say that Ellen is closer to him than you are, but like it's a little weird that you've never asked him like how do you feel about that request? Was, you know, like it, it's odd that you never sought his input. Yeah, I think James is kind of at the center of this and he, and I'm not hearing him here. This is like a lot of people talking around this person and like a lot of rules for James that I'm not sure that James is involved in making or even following. Like it really struck me when this letter writer said, you know, that Jane was really upset because of her request made it so James couldn't do the things that Jane wanted him to do. You know, I'm just, I'm not quite sure what James wants here. And I'm very curious if we can like call James and find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that maybe, maybe the three of them could have a conversation instead of pairing off and talking about each other and just say, you know, I think I, I agree. Let this one go. But maybe in the future, maybe just like talk all together instead of talking about James. Yeah. But like fundamentally, I, I think if your good friend comes to you and says, hey, I'm sorry if this is bitchy, but I want you to stop asking my boyfriend for help with home projects. He's been laid off. A lot of people are asking him for help and it, it, it's taking up a lot of his time. Maybe she is speaking more on his behalf than he would want, but like they've also been together for 10 years. And unless you have reason to think that she's like actively going out of her way to manipulate him or to like prevent other people from talking to him, I think think you can kind of just trust that they've probably had a conversation about it. So like what she said to you was not you two are exclusively responsible for his overwork. She just said a lot of people have been doing this. No one person is trying to take up too much space, but cumulatively it ends up being a lot. And you say you got offended, which, you know, you're allowed to feel whatever you feel. Um, but I, I don't think you should have been offended. She was not saying you two have been ruining his life. She was just saying... A lot of people have done this. It's not a good time. Um, so 
rather than getting kind of like in high dudgeon and saying like, but I only asked for help once. I think that would have been a really great opportunity just to say, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to step on your guys' toes. I won't do it. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Yeah. And so like that then your furnace broke. You called him crying, asking him to solve this problem for you. And he like, it sounds like kind of walked you through it, found you another guy. Like, I honestly didn't think that that was asking him for help. What? Come on. Of course, you called the man sobbing and asked him to fix your problem. No, he didn't come over and fix the furnace yourself, but like by any definition, you asked him for help. Yeah, I think what a practical thing here is this person that James referred her to, his his buddy. Um, I would just save Buddy's number in her phone and just call Buddy next time. Skip James. Make it easier. And, and just... I, I get that when your furnace breaks in the middle of the winter, that's stressful and scary. But you don't say why you thought that you were being scammed. And so I'm just like, were you perhaps just like, why did you think that? Um, and if so, do you think that James is the only reliable, trustworthy handyman in the world? I don't think that you think that. I think that you were feeling exhausted and overwhelmed and you wanted to address that before you wanted to honor what Jane had asked of you because you thought it was kind of bullshit that she asked it of you in the first place. It's fine to be overwhelmed. It's fine to be annoyed by a friend's request, but don't pretend that you didn't ask for help just because you feel justified. You did. You did the thing you told her you weren't going to do. I think a better thing either would have been at the time to say, I'm going to talk to James about this directly and see how he feels and then have honest and open conflict with Jane, um, which would at least have all been out in the open, or to just say, you know, yeah, you got it. Sorry. Sorry, I made life a little tougher. Won't do it again. And then privately think like maybe she was being a little dramatic, but it's no real skin off my nose. Yeah. I I think you should apologize. I think you just should apologize. And then if you think later, there's other stuff that was bothering me before this that made me not really want to honor her request. You can talk about it when tensions aren't running quite so high, but like. I think that's wise. Maybe send over something for their next Zoom happy hour. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, like you say that he advertises his woodworking projects on Facebook. Is that the same thing as giving you free help? Like, is he advertising his services for money so he can make money? I was very curious about that because when I first read it, I was like, oh, he's he's advertising his services for money. That's how I read it. And then reading it for the second time, I was like, oh, is James just putting like oh, hey, I built these new bookshelves. I want everyone to see it on Facebook. Like, is that what it means by like showing his woodworking mm -hmm. projects? I was, I think that there's a few key things maybe left out of this letter that kind of protect the letter writer. I was kind of feeling that, so. Yeah, to, to me, the key was like, you know, she and James are in counseling. They've had many problems over the years. They're not married. Uh, and I think she's frustrated because she can't control him. Maybe all that's true. I'm pretty sure you're not going to solve that problem by trying to like undermine what you see as her attempts to control him by like kind of trying to control him yourself. So I, that's not doing anybody any good. I think you should apologize. I don't think you should try to litigate their relationship. I think you should let this one go. And then if later you want to talk to Jane about your friendship writ large, you could do that. You can disagree with her. You can have a tough conversation. You can tell her that she has traits that piss you off. Have a fight. Just don't have it because you refuse to concede. You've behaved at all, you know, slightly like, 
oh, my left hand doesn't know what my right hand is doing. It does. (laughs) Come on. Can I make a prediction? Please. I think Ellen and James are going to end up together. (laughs) (gasps) Interesting. Yeah. God, Ellen stopped talking to Jane because Jane said, hey, would you guys stop asking my boyfriend for free home improvement projects? It's just like, again, unless I'm really missing something, you stop talking to your friend because of that? Yeah, and the mention of like Ellen is closer to him and then also like, you know, all the mentions about how many problems Jane and James are having. I think Ellen and James are just meeting up at the hardware store. So that's all I'm going to say. Tell you what, yeah, this, uh, you know, this silent uh, carpenter who's kind of caught between three women with different investments in uh in him is it's kind of hot or it could be kind of hot if it didn't sound so exhausting but some of these exhausting things can be hot and anyways all right good luck all of you good luck with your furnace <laughs> should i read the next one please do okay the subject line is what's fair in quotation marks what's fair really Dear Prudence, my husband of more than a decade recently asked me for a divorce. I love him and want to repair our marriage. My husband earns substantially more than I do, and one of his complaints about me is that I have been irresponsible with money. This is true. I have terrible credit after having bills sent to collection. Currently, I have paid off my debts and do not have a credit card. I am also seeing a counselor. My husband also accuses me of being with him for his money. This is definitely not true, and I find it painful that my behavior has made him feel this way. He has agreed to work on our marriage only if I sign a legal agreement that is greatly in his favor. If we were to divorce now, state law would entitle me to half of our modest middle-class assets. He wants me to sign something that would give me about 15% of our assets if we ever divorce. I don't need a lawyer to tell me that's not in our best interest. But what's fair to ask for in either a post-nup or a divorce? My husband's heart seems pretty hardened against me right now. But even if we divorce, I don't want to take him for all I can get. For instance, he made all the mortgage payments on our home. He thinks that means I should recognize that it is rightfully his. But shouldn't my work doing yard maintenance, helping to paint the house, etc. count for something? But how much? And I didn't take advantage of retirement programs at my job because my husband insisted he could do better for us by investing himself. Now he says it was just his money that went into those investment accounts. So I should acknowledge that the accounts belong entirely to him. I'm so emotional, I don't know how to put this into perspective. I did consult a lawyer, but the lawyer was not comfortable advising me to ask for any amount less than the 50% the law says I can get. I guess I'm asking a question about ethics rather than legality. I mean, I'm glad your lawyer didn't say, yeah, sign that postnup. That would be a bad lawyer. Do you think that the husband's claim, you're bad with money, is then... Like, is that addressed in any way by, so sign a postnup so if we ever get divorced, you get let? Like, to me, that's like, that doesn't help address, like, financial issues or splitting costs that might be present in their marriage. It's like, you're bad at money, so I want to make sure that if we ever get divorced, things are worse for you. That, that to me, feels like the the hinge upon which this letter turns. Yeah, I feel like this isn't about the money, right? This is about like power and hurt feelings and 
the money represents a lot of other stuff. And I don't know, I was struck by this letter writer saying that they were so emotional and couldn't get this in perspective. This letter felt very like clear and measured to me. Like it didn't feel, um, also like there's nothing wrong with being emotional, but like it didn't feel like hysterical in any way. It felt very like factual. And I found that this person was taking a lot of accountability for their, actions and behavior and stuff. So I don't know. I think that their like self-assessment, it wasn't what I heard in the letter. And so that's just a thought. (laughs) That's not Mm -hmm. any advice, but that's just a thought. And yeah, I think, I think this isn't about the money. It's a question about what is, what is a person's worth, you know, in a relationship? What is the worth of, you know, taking care of a home rather than buying the home and naming these things, you know, in our society, we use money to assign worth to these things. But I think that's the question. And, and, and I think they're asking like, what am I worth to you? What are you worth to me? That's a really hard question. It's easier to talk about like 15 or 50 or whatever number percent, you know? Yeah. I'm also really troubled that your husband said, don't take advantage of retirement programs through your job because I can make us more money. And now he's saying, that's not yours. That's fucked up. Um, And it's also such a strange moment of control because it's just like with those opt-in retirement programs, it's usually not very much out of your paycheck. It's a fairly like low like low investment. I don't mean like low investment. I mean like it, it doesn't require a lot. It's automated on your part. It's not like going to be necessarily the make or break difference between a, a big paycheck and a tiny one. So the fact that he was like, don't even have that small nest egg on your own account feels, that's an alarm bell for me. Yeah, that is definitely a red flag. And I think definitely something your lawyer, who I'm glad is not asking for less than 50%, is, you know, mm-hmm. they should be aware of that. Yeah, I would say start by, if you can take advantage of those programs now, do it. Even if it's later than, you know, is ideal, the best time to start is now. You can't go back in time. Uh, Anything that you can do to set up your own uh, accounts, I think, would be a a good thing. Uh, You know, to me, the key here is not like he's frustrated with my bad credit and my bad spending habits in the past, so he wants to maintain separate checking accounts and have more regular conversations where we balance our checkbook. That to me would feel like a really appropriate reaction to a legitimate frustration. That's not what he's doing. What he's doing is saying, you know, I don't really believe that you love me. So if we're going to be in this marriage, you need to sign something that uh, effectively like guarantees that if and when I choose to leave you, you'll be way worse off, but that doesn't do anything to like rebuild trust between the two of us now. So it feels really punitive um, and really shaming and just not useful. And you say you feel like his heart is hardened against you. And he says like, I think you're just with me. Like, how can you repair a relationship where somebody says, I don't believe that you really love me? How, how How do you solve that? Like when somebody says that to you? Yeah, again, I think the money is just a symbol here. And it's unfortunate because I think it's keeping them from talking about what actually needs to be talked about here. Yeah. Um, I do not think you should sign this post up. No. Um, I, I think if you were to sign it, um, it would not make your husband suddenly say, great, you've proved to me that you're not with me for my money. I love you again. I now see our life as a joint venture where we share things. I, I think he would either leave you then so that you only got 15% of his assets 
Or I think he would simply continue to treat you like a problem and a burden and a figure of suspicion in your marriage. Yeah. I think it's it's also just so much, um, yeah, I think it's a power play and I think I wouldn't play. You know, I think that if this is being issued as some kind of like ultimatum or something, like that's not cool. And I would be a little quiet here and maybe only have him hear from your lawyer. And, you know, and if his heart is hardened and all these things and he's being irrational, like let him flail mm-hmm. and be irrational and have him just, you know, just really like show his patterns and habits and not take accountability the way I really do feel like this person is. Um, I would kind of approach it that way. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm sorry. Cause it's clear that you love him very much that you feel great shame about the fact that you've been in debt in the past. It also sounds like you've done real work to change your relationship to spending um, and that you have demonstrated a real good faith effort um, to to conduct yourself differently now than you have in the past. Uh, I don't think your husband has displayed the same good faith effort. And I don't believe, you know, there's so much of a lack of trust here and a desire to punish you. And for him to say, oh, I promise I'll work on our marriage if you, you know, sign this post nut that will fuck you over. I and they, but you also say his heart is hardened against you. I don't think signing this is going to soften his heart. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this ultimatum of his is basically saying like you can only be with me if you don't respect yourself, and that's shitty. I I think he wants you to sign it so he can divorce you as soon as you've signed it. I think that's what this is. I don't believe that he's interested in working on this marriage. And I'm so sorry. Um, don't sign anything. Keep talking to your lawyer. Talk to your friends, talk to your relatives, anyone you trust, um, let them know what's going on and ask for their support. You should not have to bear this alone. Yeah. Just don't call James to work Seriously, on your furnace. <laughs> and I'm just so sorry. This sounds really agonizing. Yeah. Um, this is sad. It's really painful and I'm truly sorry. Um, maybe you two will be able to work through this with a couples counselor I don't have high hopes for that, but if you do, it's going to be because he's willing to do emotional work with you and not simply say, only if you sign this, making a divorce give you this huge hit to your finances. Uh, Will I then be prepared to work on our relationship together? I just, that's very fishy to me. Um, The last thing I'll say is to whatever extent you can, start socking away your own money in a savings account that only you can touch because I think you need to be prepared for him to try to leave you and to try to come after you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to say that to somebody who's like, I'm so sad. I want our marriage to be okay. I I think you really need to look out for yourself here. Yeah, I agree. Because I think he's only looking out for himself. I don't think anyone's going to look out for you if you don't. Sorry. I'm nodding. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. 